Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. And that, my friends, is America. My fellow patriots out there from sea to shining sea, thank you so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, hey, it's a great day in the USA. If you're listening to us uh, over uh, maybe a replay or, well, you will be listening to it on replay and some of the terrestrial stations around. And uh, you might be listening to us on the Red State app, uh, which you can free download, free download the Red State app. And, of course, download the C.L. Bryant Show app, the C.L. Bryant Show app, and uh, listen to us wherever, wherever you go. And uh, Red State Talk is the largest talk platform in the nation, the talk monster around the globe, uh, even. Hey, you know what, friends? I uh, have been hearing these reports and all of this type of stuff, these people uh, saying how they are in their heads uh, they're driving down the street. Black people I'm talking about. They're driving down the street, and they all of a sudden they see a police car behind them. And um, they seem to get uh, inordinately upset about that. It, 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 it's affecting them psych- psychologically, according to what they're saying. Okay? I, I, I Now, full disclosure, all of you know, anybody knows anything about me, just Google me, C.L. Brian. I'm black. Okay. Oh, ain't no getting around it. <laughs> I am black, and uh, I'm proud of it. All, re- all you know, um, I'm, I'm the son of those who survived. I'm the son of those who survived, and I have produced others from that line who have survived. Success story. I, I have no regrets about. Uh, my life in this country. I'm sorry in many ways that my um, four parents, great grandparents in particular, I'm I'm, I'm so um, disheartened about what they had to go through. But I am encouraged. I am encouraged because they went through it and they had the strength to do it. Now, now, when they look back on your life, I want you to hear me now. You better hear me, uh, uh, Americans. You better hear me, individual. When they look back on your life, and don't you think that the stuff that you're going through right now has not been around here for ages? People who came before you, people who 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 had to struggle and and had to make it, and who did it through trials and upheaval, sickness, disease, what have you. They went through all of that 
so that you could be where you are right now. You may say, well, hey, I'm in a tough situation. Well, you need to uh, toughen it out so that your children's children can be like we are at least have an opportunity for a better America. But the reason I'm saying that is that there is a lot of nonsense that is going on right now in the minds of Americans. And it's been fed into the minds of all Americans, but it's particularly taking root. It seems in the hearts and minds of black Americans when it comes toward, uh, to, to, uh, police, police, police and policing. Now understand me, there is nothing Okay, there is nothing um, that I am trying to deny about crazy stuff that police and citizens have done to each other. Are you hearing me? Police and citizens have done some crazy stuff to each other. And there, there is a point when two fools do collide. And that's what happened with Chavan and uh, with uh, George Floyd. Yeah. Two fools collided on that day. And, and, and unfortunately, the outcome is really never good. Huh? And, and, and so, so that's what we're looking at, friends. We are looking at uh, that type of mindset beginning to set in to the psyche. Listen, uh, I, I, I'm not wanted for anything. And I'm driving down the street. A cop car gets behind me. So what? Oh, yeah, it's because you're no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm. I, listen, they. I remember when they hauled Wesley Snipes out of his bands uh, on Wilshire and put him in the middle of the street because they didn't know who he was. He thought they thought he had stole the car. <laughs> okay, they thought he had stole it. Huh? It's because, you know, you're driving a Benz while black. That happened. So that's something stupid that happened, right? But uh, I think Wesley got paid. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know if, if that happened to me, okay, okay, I'm getting out of my Benz. You ain't got to put your hand on your gun or nothing. What, you want me to get on the ground? You want me to get face down on the ground? I'm going to do it. Oh, but it won't be long. It won't be too many days hence if you falsely pull me out of my car and treat me like that because uh, you think I'm dr- I'm not going to raise any ruckus with the police on the street. They are peons. They have nothing to do with anything the way things go down. But guess what? I got his job in my pocket. I promise you I do. That's the way you stop and handle that. You don't act a fool with a with the with a man bear, holding a gun. Okay, unless he's trying to uh, do something that's going to be irreparable to you, then you got to fight back. You got to. But he's a he's a law enforcement officer, and if I if I'm being pulled over, first thing I, I did, I just made a call to somebody. You don't need to know who, letting them know what the deal is. So if anything does go down, all of this we know what's happening. Phones on. Okay. So I'm not dealing with him like that. Why should I be afraid of him? I'm not afraid of him. He works for me. 
Do you understand that? He is a he is a public servant. Guess who I am? I, my friend, am the public. And he works for me. I pay his salary. I pay his salary. You pay his salary. So what why would I be afraid of him? I hired him through the mayor that we elected. And the chief of police that the mayor put puts it all of it goes back to you. And it seems to me that you're absolutely out of your mind to take on a a, a mindset that you're afraid of your public servant. And uh, how are you doing, officer so-and-so? Glad you like your job. <laughs> I have said it. I get pulled over a lot. I, I got, uh, <laughs> well, I get pulled over a lot. But I have been pulled over a lot because I speed. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I drive kind of fast. And people know it. And thanks to my good friend, Sean Hannity. I was on his show last week. And uh, I, was, I was, he was talking about, you know, this very topic, actually. And uh, I, I told him, you know, hey, I, I don't get tickets. I, don't, I, hardly, I, I can't remember the last ticket I got. I remember the last time I was pulled over. But I don't remember the last ticket I got. And it wasn't because they knew me. It wasn't. One was on a, I was on the. I think 49 blasting down toward my son's place and outside of Baton Rouge. Yeah. Baton, Baton Rouge, red stick outside of, uh, there got stopped. They didn't know me. We talked about it. No, nothing was transpired. (laughs) And, uh, I was on my way. I was on my way. No ticket warning. Uh, Mr. Bryant, slow it down. Mr. Bryant, slow it down. Yes, sir, officer. I'm in my car. I'm on my way. I treated him with respect. He treated me with respect. I'm on my way. Now, if anything disrespectful goes down from me, then uh, hey, I can understand how he might get lit up about it. But if anything goes down disrespectful from him, uh, hey, I'm going to comply. Because I hired him to do his job. He may be thinking he's doing his job. But if he if he is disrespecting me, I'm going to comply. But he's going to hear from me. I have his job in my pocket. And, 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 and let me tell you something. Americans, you must not be afraid of the people that you hire. You must support them. You must support them because they stand between you and chaos, the thin blue line. You must support, you must strengthen that thin blue line, which means that if you get pulled over, you need to be a good citizen. That's all in the world. Any most of this kid that just got shot uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, the, The officer thought that she was using the taser. I don't have the I don't have the paper in front of me. And uh, she thought she was using a taser, pulled her service revolver and shot him one time, did, uh, immediately freaked out about it and uh, tried to revive. But, hey, uh, he did. One shot, boom, dead. Thought it was taser. Thought, he, thought he, she was tasing. At least that's her story, right? I mean, she's been on the job 20 some odd years. Uh, why wouldn't I believe it? I've known cops. I've known I've known I've known a bit. 
can't count them. No, no many, no several women cops. And let me tell you something. Uh, they're good cops. All of them are good cops that I know. I, I don't know. I don't know a bad cop. I don't know one. But there are some I know that. There are some I know that. And when we come in contact with them and when they make themselves known, then we the people have to deal with it. But you don't have to burn your stuff down. I just tweeted out uh, something. <laughs> I just tweeted out something just a little bit ago. Follow me on Twitter at Rev C L Brian at Rev C L Brian. Uh, tweet this out just a little bit ago. Uh, due to COVID nineteen, we're asking all rioters to stay home and destroy their own stuff. The problem with that is that they have no prospect, and in many cases, no desire to have their own stuff to tear down, but they do want to tear down your stuff. The disgruntled, the proletariat, Karl Marx. Huh? Karl Marx talked about how controlling um, the underclasses, so-called, I don't believe that um, we we have a right to refer to some as underclassed although some do behave in underclass fashion. But this is what I'm saying. If you are able to deceive all, most of them, and that's what you're seeing, you're seeing a mass deception happening here. You have people riding down the street And the deception has gone so deep into their minds that if they see a police car behind them, and and it may be you, you may not be black at all, but you have the same fear. Even I, you know, and the reason reason I always look back when I zoom past a cop is to see if he's going to zoom toward me. And, (laughs) you know, here we go again. Well, but no, that's usually not. But I'm not looking back to see if I'm, you know, in fear or anything. I'm looking back to see how cautious I'm going to have to be down the road. Because you may outrun the cop, but you're not going to outrun the radio. <laughs> you, you, you better hear me. You can have the souped up and a friend of mine. And I, we had a well, it was his. Uh, but we we both drove it. Uh, he had this Camaro three uh, SS three nine six. Way back in the day. Oh, it was a great car. Muscle. All muscle. And uh, we got in sort of a, a, a race. Cop was trying to catch us. We weren't, we weren't really trying to elude him. We, we, we just pretended we didn't see him coming up on us. And so we just stepped on it and um, slowed it down. But we did leave him in the dust. We left him in the dust. But we slowed down, stopped till he got there. And he says, y'all boys better be glad that you stopped because even though you was outrunning me, you were not going to outrun this radio. <laughs> you better believe it. And so, and so those types of fears, if you are a known speeder, that's rational. But if you are a person just minding your own business, 
you're on your way to the mall or wherever, and you, you you don't have any warrants, you don't have anything, your car is legal, you got insurance, all of the things are up to snuff, and you just happen to see a cop behind you, and you break out into a cold sweat. It's surely you don't think that this person, uh, this man, this woman, is um, stalking you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Now, 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 oh, we could talk about it. We could talk about small town America. We could talk about that. But you could talk about small town anywhere where people who are not known show up. And local law enforcement, local uh, peacekeepers, local public servants, yeah, they, they, they might pull you over just to find out who you are. Just just to see who you are. Uh, I have stopped people on my road going past my farm. And any of you who have ever known anything about who's, who's been in, who's, who's close to me, you know where my farm, you're lost if you get to my farm, okay? And so any any strange vehicle that passes by my my. my farmhouse and down there's a dead end down there uh if i see them guess what i'm going to be backing out of my drive as i hear them coming back and i ask them hey how y'all doing how you doing whatever can i help you No, no, just looking. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay, me too. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but that's what I'm doing. It's 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 a natural thing to be suspicious of strangers, but you uh in a city, you're in a you're you're where people know you and uh, you've known and you're not a criminal or anything of that nature. You have you have nothing to fear, then you have nothing to fear. You really don't. And there's an age and there's a, a paranoia that is entering into America right now that is absolutely irrational and is being fed by people like Maxine Waters. I mean, absolutely fed. Kerosene Maxine. She pours it on Every racial uh, police-oriented flame. That's what she's good for. I'm going to be back with Derek Wilburn, uh, Colorado black conservatives, when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant show. He is also uh, has a mentoring program that he's going to tell you about that I just think is absolutely phenomenal and fantastic. And um, we'll talk more about it in just a couple of minutes.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. <clears throat> I certainly am glad my uh, that uh, glad that you came along with us. And coming up uh, here in this next segment will be I'm expecting Derek Wilburn, and so um, we look forward to having him on Colorado Black Conservatives. Uh, he is the founder of that organization and uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, and he's also a mentor of young uh, American citizens. He's shaping young American citizens. I met Derek some years ago now, uh, and in fact, we're approaching nine, ten years that I've known uh, Derek. doesn't seem like um, time has uh, time has certainly gone by that fast, and it's funny how it slips away. It helped me welcome back uh, to the CL Bryant Show, my good buddy Derek Wilburn. How are you, brother? The days are long. Truth. Ten years ago, so I met you when you were just twenty-two years old. That's right. <laughs> I'm sticking to it, brother. (laughs) That is right. Derek, uh, you and I, through the years now, have talked about all types of things. And uh, let me ask you this, uh, because here we are, nearly 10 years down the road, 10 years later. And uh, why are the cancel? Was was there any mention of cancel culture when you and I met? Was was there any? What what were we trying to do ten years ago? That has uh, what what has happened here, Derek? You can look back through the eyes of where we've come from and give us some type of uh, indication of how we got here from where we met. The left continually comes up with new causes, all emotion based non-policy-based, but new causes to keep their ever further and ever further reaching radical fringe base engaged and willing to vote Democrat. So you've got people, these Antifa knuckleheads and what have you, they are not Democrats. All right, they call themselves, some call themselves socialists, some call themselves Democrat socialists, some call themselves communists, some call themselves Marxists, whatever. But they are not Democrats, certainly not the Democrats of the JFK era. So in order to keep them engaged, you've got to keep coming up with causes that reach further and further to the socialist communistic left. And so we've gone from just trying to bridge the divide between black and white 
to all of a sudden now we've got men who, if I say I'm a woman, I am a woman, and my rights need to be protected. And now we've got to start cramming that stuff into the kindergarten curriculums. And now all of a sudden we've got to start canceling everything in the country and knocking over statues and taking down monuments because those, those people were racists 130 years ago. They just keep reaching further and further to keep their base engaged. Otherwise, they're enga- their, their base simply won't show up. Critical race theory, uh, Derek Wilburn is my guest, and we're going to find out how you can engage with him in just a moment. It is uh, being, uh, as you have stated, permeated through the educational system. Uh, Derek, what effect? You deal with young people a lot. In fact, we're going to talk about that. But what effect does this type of uh, agenda have on the coming society in America? Talk to us is incredibly damaging. So I've said for years, and it's true, that racism in America would by and large be dead right now if it weren't for the left continually picking at the scab. Uh, I don't know where all these racists are. I don't know where all these white supremacists are. But they keep telling our young people that they're everywhere. They're behind every blade of grass. White supremacy is on the rise, and you can't escape it, and it's everywhere. And you pump people's minds, especially young minds, full of that stuff. They've come to believe it's true, even if it isn't. On its own website, today's Ku Klux Klan, where are these people? Nobody knows. But today's Ku Klux Klan claims an active membership of seven to 10,000 people. That's it. They claim seven to 10, not even enough people to fill a basketball gymnasium at a junior college anywhere in the country. Oh, man. Saturday night, Friday night lights. Friday night lights at high schools have more than that. (laughs) They do. They really do. That's all. Never have a more insignificant group of people been given more credit for doing things than the KKK in America today. When's the last time the KKK did anything of note? When's the last time they they lynched somebody? They burned a cross in someone's lawn. They held a, a rally and tens of thousands of people showed up. They marched wearing white sheets. That stuff hasn't been going on since the 1950s and 60s, maybe a little in the 70s, they are completely insignificant. But they're on the rise. In the college <laughs> classroom today, you would think they're everywhere. They're on the rise, Derek. I mean, they're, they're behind every tree and every blade of grass. Derek Wilburn is my special guest. Oh, yeah. man, man, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. And also, uh, once you've done that, tell us about your mentee, mentoring uh, program that you have going on for our young citizens. You're referring to the people of color capital interns program p-o-c-c interns.com p-o-c-c interns.com we take black american college students or be a bunch full of the exact type stuff you and i are talking about right now send them to washington dc to work in paid internships for conservative legislatures where they get exposed to the truth Absolutely, man. And I have a, a young candidate uh, for you that I want to send your way, an outstanding young man that I think you'll, you'll really take a shine uh, to. Is there a design when we see uh, a Maxine Waters? Of course, Maxine's big mouth, I believe, is probably going to finally be her demise. And it's about time. Uh, she's the prime example, Derek, and along with Joe Biden, of why we should have term limits on uh, on some offices and, and so forth. But let me ask you this. Is there a design to the type of rhetoric? I mean, it doesn't seem to be uh, really 
benefiting them, at least not in our minds, but are, is there an, a true audience for what the Maxine Waters of this world, of this country, are, are saying? Derek, I would like to think not, but evidently there is. Well, it isn't benefiting anybody. So my question would be, with, with going out there and doing what Maxine Waters is doing and what Al Sharpton and the rest have been doing for decades, who wins? Who's benefiting? So if you're inciting people to go into black communities, burn them down and loot the businesses and push them out, uh, I don't see who's winning there. But to your question, and this is a really interesting question, because I think there are two groups of people. I think you have the people who are perpetrating an agenda. They're smart. They're on their game. People like Barack Obama, people like Chuck Schumer, I'll include him. There are people who are, they know what they need to do to maintain or to gain more electoral power for the democrat party then there are people who really just aren't that bright maxine waters alexandria occasional cortex uh, uh nancy pelosi these people really aren't that smart they're, if you listen to them carefully you realize they're just not that bright so i don't think maxine waters is out there intentionally trying to promote a message that's going to further an agenda i just think she's a sub par IQ individual who has a generous travel account. You know, who paid for her plane ticket? <laughs> oh, Derek Wilbur. Derek Wilbur. Budget and she goes out and stirs it up. <laughs> oh, brother, just tell us exactly how you feel about this. I mean, because... <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. <laughs> You're right, though. You're right. It, 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 it can only be someone with, uh, you know, a very limited view. Very limited view, and and that's put it very nicely. You 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 were much more blunt than me. Limited view is very limited view is very kind. <laughs> we have sitting United States congressmen. Okay, only four hundred and thirty-five of these people in the world, and we have sitting United States congressmen who seriously asked if the presence, if a U.S. military presence on an island runs the risk of tipping that island over. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, Derek, I, I, I certainly um, want to thank you uh, for, for being on and coming on with me. But tell people how to get you to where they are if they want to hear from you. And then I have one last question for you. Find me on blackandconservative.com. It's easy, blackandconservative.com. We maintain a stable of, of, I like to think, articulate, intelligent uh, presenters who travel the country, travel the Western country, the United States especially, because that's where we are, but we'll go anywhere to deliver a message on whatever it needs to be delivered on. Black Lives Matter, white supremacy, contemporary politics, ancient history. I don't care. I'll talk about anything. So if anybody wants to, to, to put me on a plane and throw a pork chop my way when I get there, I'm in. Blackandconservative.com. And that's the life we live. Uh, Derek, I want to ask you this question. I uh, have asked many people. I don't believe I've asked you this question. You've been on many times, but uh, you're beginning to get a little long in the tooth now. I see the snow is beginning to fall on the top of your, your dome. And, and so I need to ask you this question. Uh, I've asked Hannity, Judge Janine, everybody uh, who's been on the show of what I consider to be of, of significance. And your record on this would be good legacy um Derek Wilburn I, I know you as a warrior I know you as a friend I know you as a good American a really good American 
And uh, my friend Hannity would t- say, you're a great American. And you are. But legacy. When you and uh, your lovely wife were uh, looking off into the sunset, maybe not uh, quit, but just um, remembering, pondering, what do you want us to say about you? What legacy do you want to leave? Well, first, I appreciate you noting that I'm long in the tooth and getting gray on top. That, 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 that made me feel better. <laughs> uh, the truth sometimes hurts. Um, yeah. First and foremost, I want people to see and know that this was a man who loved his family dearly, uh, raised children who are now productive members of society and living their lives for Jesus Christ and doing the right things in the eyes of the Lord and who made a difference for his country in the only way and the best ways that he knew how. Wow. Wow. That's enough said, brother. And uh, that's about as good as anybody has ever said it. Derek, I want to thank you again for being on with me. uh, And surely I would love to partner with you in whatever endeavors you have. And I see that we we have talked about you at Freedom Works. And so uh, hopefully there's some things that um, we'll move even further into doing with you. And so God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. And again, thank you for being on with me. Always a pleasure. What my pleasure to be your friend, CL. All you have to do is call, and you know I will answer. Bless you, man. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and that was my friend, Derek Wilburn. And Derek has been fighting the good fight uh, now for a long time and um, doing some good. Yes, he's doing some good. And uh, I got to tell you, you something, uh, folks. When um, you 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 find people who are about doing and promoting and advancing the football, and I played football um, most of my life, even pony league, all the way up through uh, um, through high school. I, I kind of injured myself. Well, I injured myself in high school and uh, wanted to. Um, I was I was I was a decent athlete. But you always respected other athletes. You always respected other athletes and their abilities. I mean, hey, if a guy could cut on a dime and and uh you had to cut on a quarter, uh you uh, you respected his ability to with with that type of agility. You know what I'm saying? Derek is one of those guys who you respect his agility and his ability because he's another athlete. He's another patriot. He's another grassroots uh, person. I I have uh, many people that I I know throughout the country. In fact, there's people that I know here, uh, and uh, and I I really um, long to uh, reconnect uh, in in PSL, Port Port St. Lucie, who are uh, very strong um, activists and athletes in the realm of grassroots activism, uh, tea partiers and grassroots people who have not run from who we are and what we are. And um, I admire that type of thing so much. And like I said, there's people right here in, uh, in Port St. Lucie that I uh, long to, to uh, reconnect with that are fighting the good fight, just as Derek is fighting the good fight. 
and is not uh, afraid or ashamed to be an American and say so. You know, that's what it's going to take. And many times, my, my, where I'm going with this is this. Many times we'll see somebody doing something that's similar to what you're doing, and you won't promote them. You won't, you won't help them. Because, and preachers are notorious for this. <clears throat> They're notorious for it. If they feel as though you have a talent that they don't have, they won't promote you because of whatever you know threat you might pose to them. And do you realize that's what happened so much to the grassroots movement? Because there were talented people who had the ability to keep things going, keep things in order, and keep things moving. And then there were some wannabes. You understand what I'm saying? There were some wannabes who just wanted to be seen, wanted to be heard, or wanted to just have, you know, name recognition or whatever. But they were not going to do anything. And it'd be a flash in the pan, boom, there it is. And before you know it, there's no meetings going on. But they have wrecked the one that was going on very well. And before you know it, people are easy to get discouraged. People easy to become disheartened and say, hey, I don't want no part of this mess. People are, people are quick to do that. People are quick to say stuff like that. And once they say, I don't want no part of this mess, guess what? They don't want no part of that mess. You have to do a lot of rehabilitating to, to get them to do, have some part of it again. You really do. And in many cases, you just don't have the skill to do that. And, you know, the patience to do that, to rehabilitate it. And all of it started because somebody didn't want to give aid, help to someone who was doing something similar to them and might be doing it better. If you help them, then the, the natural response is for them to come alongside you as well. Everybody that I bring on this show comes alongside me whether they have greater exposure, lesser exposure, or whatever. Every drop in the bucket eventually comes to a full bucket. Every drop. And everybody has to contribute their part so that our buckets are always full and able to water, replenish, nourish the American spirit. But you quench it, you, 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 you put it out, you, you pour the water in over rocks. When you fail to help others like Derek and we have Sherilyn uh, Harley LeBon coming up. Sherilyn Harley LeBon is coming up in the next hour of the show, the C.L. Bryant show. And I got to tell you something. Uh, I have not seen a more impressive resume from someone uh, who is not long in the tooth at all. She's coming up um, toward in the next hour, one at the uh, 125 mark. Uh, she should be coming up. And uh, you don't want to miss this conversation. 
I'll be back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I CL, back with you, um, home stretch of the first hour. And if you don't have both hours of the CL Bryant Show, you can download uh, Red State um, free app, Red State Talk free app, or you can download my app, my app, the CL Bryant Show app. Either one of them, you can uh, tune in to the CL Bryant Show, Red State Talk, or the CL Bryant Show app. Either way you go. We'd be with you, and uh, you'll be able to hear it. Uh, The president, uh, and and when I say the president, I'm talking about Donald John Trump. Uh, The president is seriously considering um, reclaiming his uh, rightful place in the Oval Office come 2024. I was talking to someone just yesterday before this news broke. And told them that uh, the president is seriously um, contending and, and um, wanting, con- considering that run again. And guess what? We are seriously waiting for him to, to make the announcement. <laughs> yeah, he is seriously uh, considering it. And we are seriously waiting for him to make the announcement. In the midst of all of this, oh my goodness, happy days could be here again if we could just make a clean sweep. And oh, what a statement. Oh, what a statement. Even though it ain't right. I mean, it's not right. It isn't um, correct. It it shouldn't be done. (laughs) That um, you say I told you so. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I told you. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you did. But um, the Republicans, the presidency, uh, both houses of um, Congress, legislative, the uh, representatives, and the Senate would be in Republican control again with Donald John Trump at the helm. We could turn this thing around. The Chinese would quiver in their boots. And and friends, let me tell you something. Um, This is why 
the time that we live in right now with this Joe Biden in the Oval Office and Kamala Harris at his side, this is why the times we live in right now are so dangerous because our enemies need to make whatever moves they're going to make now in order to weaken whatever effect the resurgence of conservatism and the presidency of Donald John Trump could have on restrengthening and bringing back to strength America. I, I think that we, we actually are able to see how strong we were now that we look at how weak we are becoming with people flooding our borders. With, with, with United States uh, representatives flying from their office in D.C. and representing an office that's out in California flying from there to uh, Minnesota to incite a riot? You see, this is where we have come to in less than six months. Less than six months. It's not even June They didn't administer the oath of office to Joe Biden until January. Before then, before the nuclear football was handed over to this man, and I think Kamala actually has it within it. Well, I don't think either one of them actually have control of the football because they don't run the country. They may have to put their finger, their uh, uh, fingerprints on the, the pad to initiate it. But I don't think either one of them make that decision, which means that we don't know who's running our country, right? We don't. We do not. But it ain't Joe Biden. It sure ain't Kamala Harris. I can tell you that much. But just six months ago, we were not in this situation because Donald John Trump was president. Mitch McConnell, even though I disagree with a whole lot of things Mitch does, but he was the majority leader in the Senate. And Nancy Pelosi still had just a narrow uh, hold on the House of Representatives, which, of course, after this fiasco, she will lose it, and, of course, she'll uh, she'll never fade into obscurity. Nancy Pelosi will always be uh, legendary in political politics. And there will be a documentary, there will be a film about Nancy Pelosi. Her life is incredible. I mean, this, this woman rose to be one of the most powerful women Ever Now, she came from politics. Her father, I think, was mayor of Baltimore uh, at one time. So she grew up in politics. Her husband, uh, you know, that's a whole nother story. Pelosi is a whole nother story. 
Yeah. But she herself is an incredible story. And and so she'll lose the House. We will regain the Senate, but who are we going to put in charge of the Senate? Well, Mitch McConnell will have to go into that, unless he, we opt, opt out of him. Mitch McConnell will be back in charge, and I don't trust Mitch. And I think the president is going to run again. Uh, he has stated to Newsmax, I think that was this morning, um, former president, or president, I should say, President Donald John Trump is now, he's the only legitimate president of the United States. Call me whatever you want to. I don't, I don't, just go ahead. Call me whatever you want to. But I am saying that Donald John Trump is the only legitimate president of the United States. And uh, he's now saying that he is beyond seriously considering another bid for the White House in 2024, but is still declining to fully commit to a campaign. From a legal standpoint, I don't really want to talk about it yet. It's a little too soon, the president said. Uh, So I say this, I am looking at it very seriously, beyond seriously. (laughs) However, he pointed out 2024 is still a long time away. And he does still have a tremendous, uh, have tremendous numbers. Nobody has ever gotten the numbers I got. There he is. And no sitting president has ever come, even come close. There he is. He still has the numbers. The numbers that really did win him this race will win the race for him again, unless, of course, we allow the race to be stolen again. And I think there are some safeguards in place and that will be put in place as we uh, go along that will ensure a fair election. That's all we've been pushing for. That's all we really wanted uh, before was just to have the thing audited. We wanted the full election audited, just audited, make sure that uh, the, the votes that were counted equal the people that voted, uh, that were eligible to vote, just wanted an audit. That's what audits do. They clear out the, it it gives you the picture of what was happening, what happened. And they're no fun, but audits are necessary to keep checks and balances. Once you lose the checks and balances and it's easy to do, and if you stumble into the hands of people who don't mean you any good, you're not necessarily knowing this, but they may not mean you any good, and you don't find that out. Because as the song says, smiling faces sometimes pretend to be your friend. Smiling faces tell lies. And when it comes to the Democrats, let me tell you something. Uh, People like Nancy Pelosi, yeah, people like uh, Maxine Waters, Auntie Maxine Waters. If, back in the day, you call my, my, my grandmother Auntie? You were going to get, oh my goodness. That wasn't going to come off real good. I mean, I'm talking about, you, you, that was not a good term to be called by 
white people if you were a black older woman. And these are the people talking about Jim Crow. Return, but yet she uh, allows herself to be called as an 82-year-old black woman, Amy, auntie. Huh? Oh, I know the context, what she means it. But still, it's hypocritical. Yeah. Because there are people who are alive who remember Jim Clyburn. You and you, you remember? And I, I, I hear you. St- I can hear you not saying anything. You are deathly silent, Jim Clyburn. And you should be. Because you know better. You, you and Maxine, in fact, I think Maxine may be a little bit older than you, but y'all came along in the same era. Y'all are both old enough to be my parents. But you came along in the same era, and you know that these folks referring to all of this as Jim Crow is craziness. You know this. And I, it, it probably stings you as bad as it stings me, and I'm younger than you are. I'm young enough to be your son. I'm younger than, but it stings me because I remember what my parents and grandparents had to face. I have seen my grandfather get off the sidewalk. In Mansfield, Louisiana, I never will forget it. He stopped me and told me to stand aside. And it was some white guy, some important white guy coming by and we stood aside and let them pass. I was about six, five or six years old down in Mansfield, Louisiana. That's where one of the last great battles of the Civil War was fought to save then the capital of Louisiana, which was Shreveport, where I was born. It was that was Shreveport was the capital of Louisiana at that point in time. And then Baton Rouge became Baton Rouge became the capital of Louisiana. After that, Sherilyn Harley LeBon will be my guest after um, in the second hour, toward the bottom of the second hour. There's a lot that she and I need to talk about, and we're going to talk about it. When I return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show, building the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the Talk Monster Red State Talk. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, hey, it is a great day in the USA, no question about it. And so, even, even in the midst of all of it, Even in the midst of all of it, this is still a great nation. And uh, I think that we are now bound and determined to make it an even greater nation. (laughs) I'm reading something here over the wire. Um, Willie Nelson asked Biden to make marijuana Holiday official. Willie, I thought you had quit doing that stuff, man. Willie Waitlin and the boys, uh, many, many years ago, we used to shoot over to uh, Waco and Austin. Austin and Waco, that were the places. They'd have sometimes two, uh, Waco uh, by the lake, and, and then Austin. You know, you know out there, we'd have um, fantastic uh get-togethers, you know, country music and get-together, all kind of music be out there. It's country music. We're talking about Willie, Willie and Waylon and the boys. You know, we're talking, we're talking a good old Texas time. That's what we're talking about. But it's all kinds of music and so forth. But we had a fantastic time uh, many years ago. Willie's still kicking um, and still, I guess he's still doing what he's doing. I am seeing these horrible pictures of Maxine Waters and the worldwide liberal revolution. And they are showing Maxine's face as really one of those uh, sci-fi alien types of faces. Now, I don't know what, what they're, what they're trying to say about her. I'm, I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but I'm not sure what they're trying to say. But they're portraying her as something absolutely hideous. Yeah, absolutely hideous. Now, you you know they impeached President Trump for in and trying for what they perceived was inciting a riot, right? Um, they drove out of her office. Um one of the Republican senators, senators from uh, Alabama, from, you know, from Georgia, because she said something before she ever became a House of Representative. And, yeah, Representative Green. Yeah. You remember, you remember Representative Green? Uh, she had said something, yeah, Marjorie Taylor Green. She said something of a racist nature from what people want to perceive it long before she was ever a uh, United States senator, a congressman in the House of Representatives. But now here's Maxine, who is old enough to know better, been around a long time. How does she get covered? 
I don't think she's going to get it. I, I think they're going to, I think finally it's time to say good night, not Irene, but Maxine. Good night, Maxine. Good night. It's time for you to go. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine um, texted me yesterday morning. Maxine Waters got to Maxine Waters got to go. Doggone it, I agree with that. Uh, then I agree with it now. She got to go, and even more so. We uh, here on the show are going to do whatever we can to uh, help her out of office. Because what's sauce for the goose? Well, man, from what I understand, should be pretty good sauce on that gander. And uh, that's what we're looking at. Maxine actually prepared this sauce for herself. She wanted to cook Trump's goose with it. She wanted to taste some of this sauce that she's been cooking on Trump. But I have a feeling that what's sauce for the goose, sauce for the gander. Go good with the gander, too. Um, Alan Dershowitz even says, you know, Alan Dershowitz, he's a, um, uh, he's a Bill Maher type liberal. He's a, he, he's a common sense liberal. He's going to do say what's right to preserve the Republic that gives him the right to say what he says. But even Dershowitz says that Maxine Waters is putting, uh, not thumbs, but elbows on the scales of justice. How can she stay? How can she stay? You're going to see something here. You're going to see just how twisted. Oh, yeah. You're going to see just how twisted. All of this is. You're going to see how slanted, how one-sided it all has become. And the American people, I don't care how partisan you may be. I don't care how much you love the Democrat Party. Republicans, we've already seen it. We saw it in this last election. But you Democrats thought we, we were crazy saying what we're saying. We told you that these people were out to dupe America. These people were out to sack this country. And the type of stuff that, that Nancy Pelosi, yeah, and Maxine Waters, AOC, what, what, Tlaib, what do you think that's all about? Do you, you think, are you, listen to them. If you don't want to listen to us, listen to them. They're saying it themselves. What are you hearing? I'm hearing we don't like America. That's what I'm hearing. We don't like the American people. And as Derek Wilburn was saying, uh, we want every we want them to see a, 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 a communist, a cop, a bad cop behind every tree. We want them to see uh, racism behind every tree, every blade of grass. We want our young people to see that we want to see them to see themselves as inferior. That is what they're saying. What do you, uh, young people have no reason to even know anything about Jim Crow except in a historical context, in its rightful rearview mirror place. They don't, they don't have any, any reason to, to, to talk about that or, or, or to, 
to uh, bring it to, to have any real consideration of that. And and I was I was beginning to see this in our American young people, and I know that uh, many of us on both sides, my parents and my wife, my 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 um, departed wife's parents were like this. They they didn't want to see uh, races come together. It just wasn't a part of what who they were. That's not that's not a part of who, where they grew up. That's 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 not that was not them, okay. But it began it began with me. It began uh, yeah it began long before me. But in the modern era, you know, hey, what many many interracial couples around. Nineteen seventy three, I was one. I was a kid. Seven. I was seventeen years old. Yeah. I was a kid, but I was an interracial couple, girlfriend, and 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 it began a, a, a trend toward um, I don't know acceptance. I guess I don't know. Even though I was in the South, I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, the last city to concede defeat in the Civil War. Oh, hey, I wasn't scared. I was cautious, <laughs> but I wasn't scared. Never have been scared. Daddy always ingrained uh, into into me uh, when facing uh, an adversary or, or an enemy that could hurt you. They can only kill you once, son. Go out like a man. And so I was never scared. I've never been, been afraid of things people or anything like that never but the thing that we should fear is the fact that we are still talking about this over 40 years later huh we're still talking about this over 40 years later nearly 50 (laughs) knock knock knocking on the door 50 years later why what relevance what 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 good does digging that up from back then and that type of image what good does that do and the thing that's really ticks tips ticks me off is that you have people who are talking about this now who have no clue what they're talking about. I've told you over and over, I've told you over and over. When I talk about 1964 uh, Louisiana, when I talk about 1964-65 Shreveport, Louisiana, when I talk about 1961 Shreveport, Louisiana, I'm not telling you uh, or the South when I'm talking about that era in the South and particularly in my hometown. I'm not telling you anything that someone has told me. I'm not telling you anything that I have read about or anything that, 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 uh, uh, you know, I've heard about. 
I am telling you what I saw with my own eyes. And let me say this about uh, the burning of a cross. To me, it is probably the most heinous thing that you can do. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Especially if you want to use it as a, a, a image of terror in the to to leave imprinted upon the mind of a younger generation and I, I look at these these young kids and I look at these kids talking about how they're angry about this and they're angry about that uh, let me tell you why I probably should have never embraced Christianity because I, even to this day I remember this I've, I've seen three crosses burned and on the mind of in the mind of a young kid you could be black or white doesn't matter in the mind of a young kid who is raised in church singing songs about the cross to see that one burned by men who you know, looking on the face of your parents, your grandparents, and their, the people around them, even if they're looking at it uh, on back in 1961, oh, I think it was, 61, 62, my parents got their first television. I think it was around, whenever Kennedy was elected, uh, in 1960. I think my parents got it in 60. Because my mother was just in love with this, you know, John Kennedy. But even seeing how they captured the images of cross burning on television, black and white, you know, not nearly the high definition that you have. I could see in the eyes of my parents, my mother in particular, in her eyes it was fear. And, and, and the image of that religious symbol that I grew up revering, respecting, set on fire by men who evidently had a different idea about it than me and my parents, but yet were using it to emblazon in our minds an image that, was, that will never be forgotten. How do you forget the image of a burning cross when it's being used as fear against you? How do you forget that image? But what I'm saying to you, there are people now wanting to fight that fight that can't even relate to the iciness of that type of fear and that type of a thing, uh, you know, we were, we're not talking about George Floyd victims here. We're not talking about uh, people who are trying to resist anything. We're talking about assaults on people who just live in their lives. This, this kind of foolishness that they're going out trying to incite with black lives matter and Antifa has nothing to do with the type of struggle that we were locked in back then. Nothing to do with it. And you are out of your mind if you think it does have something to do with that. It has nothing to do with it. And so the truth 
is incumbent upon us to tell. That's why uh, myself and 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 then Dr. Swain and Pastor uh, Broton and uh, Evangelist Alveda King, and we were joined by our young friend uh, Claston Bernard. That's why we did the press conference. I have a piece that is going out uh, nationally. It is out now. You can check it out. If you follow, follow me on Twitter at Rev C L Bryant or go to FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks.org, FreedomWorks.org. Go to our Facebook page, uh, FreedomWorks uh, Facebook page, and uh, become a part of uh, one of the largest organizations uh, grassroots organizations in the nation building, mobilizing, educating uh, the uh, network, the largest network of grassroots people in the country, teaching them the principles of less government and lower taxes, more freedom. That's what Freedom Works is all about because it works. It works. Hey, uh, go there. Tell them that uh, you heard about it on the C.L. Bryant Show. Go there. Become a uh, member of Freedom Works. Don't cost you nothing. Become a part of the movement that I have been promoting now. September will be 12 years that I have been with them. I think the first I think we haven't really been apart since the first day we met on 9 12 209-9-12-09. We have not been apart. Well, coming up, bottom of the hour, uh, 125 hour, will be Sherilyn Harley Lamont. And I think that this conversation is going to be one and that you want to stay tuned for. First timer on the show, and I'm really grateful that uh, she is going to share with us uh, someone I think that uh, will, in fact, help us open the door to uh, helping small business again. And then if the president decides to run again, I think also we'll have an inroad uh, for him to small businesses in this country. I'm CL. This is the CL Brian Show. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back with ya. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Lifted high Our hearts 
hearts are bowing in reverence. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. And yes, it is. It's still that. Don't ever think that it's not. It is. We are still blessed by God. We're still highly favored. The church is still doing its thing. And, and, and let me tell you something. You're still, you, you are still the salt of the earth. Thank you for coming along with us daily here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border, over Red State Talk Radio. And um, I am C.L. Bryant. And as we build that bridge to conversation, I've got to tell you something. There are going to be a lot of uncomfortable moments to come. There's no question about it. There are going to be some uncomfortable moments to come. In the coming weeks and months, there's going to be a lot of coming to Jesus type of moments on both sides of the aisles. Because right now, friends, right now, it is time to choose. Are you hearing me? It's time to choose sides. And as we build the bridge to conversation here on the show daily, as we build that bridge on the show, be reminded that that's exactly what you have to do. There there can't be any lukewarm, middle-of-the-road stuff. And the Talk Monster, Red State Talk Radio, the largest talk platform in the nation, we're dedicated to bringing that type of conversation to you. So thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the CL Bryant show. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. There is housed the talk monster billboard, Red State Talk billboard in every hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The CL Bryant show about a block from where they drop the big ball. Pops up there and old CL's looking right back at you. Thank you for coming along with us and making the show as popular as it has become over the last seven years. Michelle, we've done this seven years now. And um, we thank God for guests like we're about to bring to you. She is Sherilyn Harley Laban and has for over 20 years now been a shaker and mover as an attorney in Washington, D.C., international speaker, a partner in Dunlop, Bennett and Ludwig. And um, her corporate advice to small business has been incredibly useful, helpful, and helped me welcome to the show for the first time, someone I've known for quite some time, first time on the show, can't really believe it, Sherilyn Laban, Sherilyn Harley Laban, thank you so much for being with me. How are you? Oh, Seattle, so delighted to be with you this afternoon. It's my honor and pleasure. Thank you so much for being on with us. Well, Sherilyn, let's get into our conversation. Let me ask you this. When we look at business, uh, is small business, as it has been touted, the backbone of America? And why uh, do you? 
put your time, effort into helping them? Talk to us. So thank you for that question. And I'd love to just set the table um, with our discussion um, with a little bit of my background so that your listeners understand how I came to really advocate on behalf of, you know, small businesses. And that sort of will, will give a little bit of color to our discussion. So I came to Washington 20 years ago um, to work in, on Capitol Hill as a lawyer. And so you are right correct when you talked about I've been in this area for the past 20 years, and I have. And as I just said, I started out as a Capitol Hill lawyer, um, worked at a number of think tanks, also worked um, at a few political organizations. But um, a key experience for me, CL, was working in the Bush administration. First, the appointee at the VA, as in the Department of Veterans Affairs, working in Congressional Legislative Affairs, working on behalf of our veterans and active duty men and women. And then I spent the final three and a half years of the Bush administration at the Smallwood Business Administration. And I think some people still don't really know what Small Business Administration does, but in its name, Small Business, what this agency does is advocate on behalf of the millions of small businesses across the country. And I was quite fortunate, CL, to work as an appointee there and work on behalf of America's small businesses in a number of roles. First, uh, working in our field operations, which essentially runs all of the programs for um, the SBA advocating on behalf of small businesses all throughout the country, because SBA does have offices in all 50 states. And then I was deputy chief of staff for the entire agency. And then I finished my time as an assistant secretary for intergovernmental affairs, working closely with the White House and governors and mayors across the country, but the governors in all 50 states. So I give that explanation to say that I've been deeply rooted and have a significant amount of background in the various services, programs, loans, financial assistance, and programs that are available to small businesses throughout the country. And I must say, this is yet, you know, when I think about the growth and the support that we've given small businesses since COVID, I will have to say, CL, that I think that is truly a unique American thing because, you know, we talk about the American dream so much, CL. We talk about how you can be an immigrant to this country and build a thriving business. And I think part of the reason that people are able to do that is because of so many services and programs and loans and financial assistance that our country and federal, state, and local government offer to our citizens so that they, too, can have that American dream and so that they, too, can build these amazing businesses that essentially serve as the engine 
to the American economy. I know that some young person out there, some entrepreneur may not be as young, is wanting to know how to engage with these types of services that might help their business. Now, your resume is absolutely incredible. I told you this uh, when we spoke. And let me say something, folks. I think the opportunity that you have now to get the inside look at how this operates is available to you in this interview uh, with Sherilyn Harley Laban. And so, Sherilyn, tell us about the knowledge of uh, give us some some information. Uh, or that person who might be wanting more information of how to get hooked up. Uh, give us how, um, tell us how that happens. So there are a number, thank you for that question, CL. There are a number of services available at the federal, state, and local level. And let me just start by saying that in every state of our country, we have what's called SBA district offices. And in those district offices, they're staffed by people who are experienced and ready and available to assist you with all aspects of your small business, whether it be in corporation, whether it be government contracting, um, getting information about SBA loans and financial assistance. So they are available and they, are, they stand ready um, to assist you. So in addition to the SBA district offices, we have what's called in many states as well as counties in those states, we have what's called small business development centers. And they are also funded by the SBA and they are also designed and created to help support entrepreneurs and small business owners. So they can help you again with with funding, with perhaps you need some expertise in marketing and accounting, they can help you sort of direct you to these services. You know, Sharon. Also an organization. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was There's just. I was just. An organization. Go ahead, Theo. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and I didn't want—I didn't want to step on you there. But uh, I was just going to ask: Is the climate in America? Because some you, you see both sides of it. Uh, is the climate in America still that that cult that fertilize the intentions of entrepreneurs? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm all on board. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. But there are so many who don't want to take the risk at this time. Uh, is there a need for caution or is a good idea always a good idea in America? And does the SBA help nurture that? Talk to us. Well, here's the thing. Um, there's, I want to answer it in two ways. First, to talk about requirements and, and risk. And second, is to talk about how even during a pandemic, people have, cre- have started businesses. First, let me answer the first part. You know, with any business deal, finances, structure, all of it starts with a really good business plan. I mean, we all, you know, there's, there's people have lots of great ideas. Not every great idea will develop into a viable business. So there are responsibilities that all entrepreneurs have to adhere to, right? Right. If you want to start a business, you really do need to have a solid business plan. 
You need to be able to forecast out financing. You need to be able to make sure that you have intact and clean financial statements. I mean, those are just some of the basic minimal things that you need to be willing to um, to, to to make sure that you're going to adhere to, right? you got to commit to know that you need a solid business plan. You need clean financial statements. You need to be able to, you know, forecast out how you're going to fund this business. You need to have done your market research, right? What's your competition look like? Are you prepared to not take a salary for a year? I mean, these are all things that people need to think through. Now, um, another point about risk. You know, some people may think that, oh, pandemic, what an awful time to start a business. We have seen people start amazing businesses during the pandemic. People have started restaurants. People have started e-commerce businesses. People have started, um, you know, we call them CL, contactless businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it might be a tropical smoothie store that really doesn't require you to sit down in the actual establishment. Right. So all it requires is an app so that you can just order your smoothie online and then you come pick it up. I'm sure you've been to uh, restaurants. I'm sure you've been to Chick-fil-A during the pandemic, CL. Yeah. And they have a little counter for the pickup orders. Yeah. Businesses that were able to pivot, CL, and, and develop the particularly restaurants and fast food restaurants that were able to pivot yeah. to online ordering and apps, they saw an increase in business. They saw an increase in business during the pandemic. Absolutely. You have these incredible success stories of the, you know, American, you know, entrepreneurism and and entrepreneurs who said, you know what? Even though we have a pandemic, now's a great time to start a business. Talk to us, uh, Sherilyn. Uh, Sherilyn Harley-Lebon is our special guest, entrepreneur, attorney extraordinaire, Washington attorney. And uh, she is an advocate, has been one in the Washington area for many, many years now. And uh, we're pleased to have her as a guest. Uh, talk to us now about uh, the that American dream uh, Talk to us about uh, the the essence of that. Is is it still uh, reachable? Uh, can it be obtained, or is it smoke and mirrors, something nebulous that we'll never be able to achieve ever again? This is the message that many are trying to ingrain into the hearts and mind of even our young people, but I don't believe it, and I, I certainly would hope that you would give us some hope as to where we're going. Talk to us. during this pandemic that spirit that American spirit at at points I think during the pandemic really has that that spirit was somewhat dampened, right? In some ways. And 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 we know. We know that there are businesses that just had to shut down CL, right? Um, these are businesses that survived on having bodies in their establishment, right? Retail, restaurants, concert venues. I mean, a long list of, of businesses that just could not survive 
during the pandemic. But that spirit, that optimism is coming back, CL. I mean, I can just tell you for 18 months, even in, the, in Northern Virginia, there was no traffic. Well, now the traffic is back. You see people out now sitting in outside cafes. You see people now at restaurants. So you know that that excitement and that, that enthusiasm that we love about America, it's coming back. So I do think we are going to see people out and about spending more money, having what the economists call uh, increased consumer confidence. I think people are going to start to to take vacations, and I mean stay vacations too. You don't have to go to the Bahamas. You could just go camping with your family on a very limited budget. There's lots of things you're going to see people doing because they now feel confident again, CL. And I think that's an important point to make. It is an incredible point to make, and I want to then shift just a bit, uh, following the same vein, but shift just a little bit in that vein and talk about the present-day rhetoric, I will say, of uh, Jim Crowism and all this type thing. And I remember when uh, black business in particular in the South, I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, was um, just black business. I mean, we had our own dress shops. We had everything there was. And, And, Sherilyn, I'm bringing it up because I remember that we were a better people. We were a stronger people. Times were not as good. Don't get me wrong. Times were not as good. But I think the community of black people, the black church, all of that was much stronger at that point in time when we were self-sufficient. Is then there something lost in translation of opportunity that's available now with the type of things that are being fed into the minds of young entrepreneurs about this race issue? Is that a hindrance or a help? Talk to us. This is how I feel about it. If an individual is despondent about their circumstance, economically, socially, what I always say, the path out of impoverished communities, I would say one of the paths, I want to, it's not definitive here, one of the paths. Hold right there, hold right there, Sherilyn. I've run up against the clock. Hold right there. I'll be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the 
I want to be doing something positive every day. Um, and I want to make sure that every day that ball is moved a little bit forward in what I'm doing. Advancing it. Advancing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Thank you so much for being on with us, Michelle. We have to have her back in the regular rotation. Uh, thank you again for uh, sharing with us. And uh, believe me, uh, you have been helpful to all of us. God bless and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. Sherilyn Harley Laban, I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Thanks for being on again. Thank you, C.L. My pleasure. And thanks to your listeners. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryan Show. That was Sherilyn Harley Laban. And uh, if you think, if you believe that America is still a place of promise, then she gave you every reason to continue believing that. And friends, let me tell you something. It is, it is still uh, a place where you can build, educate, and mobilize whatever um, core group of people you need to to help you carry out what, where you want to go, help you get to where you want to go. Believe me, believe me, it can happen right here in, a, in America. It's something to see. There's no place like it. It's an exceptional place. People are knocking the doors down literally <laughs> to get in here. Uh, they're not running the other direction. No, no, no. They're running toward you. Are you hearing me? They are running toward you, America. They're not running away. Regardless of what the Maxine Waters of the world and the, the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and, and the, the naysayers of the world are saying, they're running toward you. The, 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 the refugees, the illegal and legal, they're running toward you. But you, you're stupid enough to believe that somehow the place that has provided you with everything that you can uh, think of is good. It happened in this country, I imagine, didn't it? For most of you. I mean, there might be some international travelers. Uh, I mean, of course, I travel internationally as well. But the, the thing is, everything that, that I truly love and, and really everything that's truly 99% of everything really good well, I'll say 95%. You know, I used to, my wife and I used to travel a lot. And we went, we went a lot outside of the country. So I'd say 95% of everything good that happened to me in my lifetime has happened right here in this country. Right here. So why would I believe, having seen what goes on in, in other places, like the Middle East and, and down in South America, what what would make me believe that this place is no good? What would when 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 this is the place where my my father, with a third education, became uh, a very prosperous man? My grandfather, with no education, had sense enough to count his own money and use his understanding of cutting down trees to become a very uh, a prosperous man. I still hold on to the property that his father, his father, and his brothers bought from slave owners when the Confederate dollar was worthless. Huh? Still, I still, I still hold on to that. 
at least uh, uh, some acres, some about 60 acres of it, down in Louisiana. Because that same common sense didn't come from book. Yeah, and thank God that I have some book learning. <laughs> Get that boy. Boy, boy, got book learning. Yeah. One of the first of us to ever have that. Book learning. I thank God for them being as strong as they were. I'm the son of survivors, men and women who are strong enough to get me here. And America, I'm saying to you, you're going to have to be strong enough at this point in time, or it won't be here for your young people to enjoy in the fashion that you enjoyed it. The gift of capitalism. Oh, that's not bad. That's a good thing. The free market. Have you heard of it? Have you, have you heard of the free market? It's a good thing. And if you learn to engage it, I'm telling you, when you go to your bank, you know what they call you? I don't care what color you are. You know what they call you when you go to the bank? If you engage, if you learn to engage and make that free market work for you, you know what they call you when you go to your bank? Mr. Or ma'am. What can we do for you, sir? I don't care what color you are. If, if, if you engage in that free market, exercise the tenets of capitalism. Hey, you, you, you can be whatever you want to be in this nation, in this country. Um, my roots run into Nigeria, and of course, um, Scots-Irish as well. That's the way, the way of the world. But I would far rather be here than in Nigeria, or Scotland, or Ireland, for that matter. To visit? Yes, of course. But I don't even think I want to visit Nigeria right now. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I would. It's a great place in this. You don't just get messed around. It's a great place to visit. Listen, there are some things that are coming up that I want you to know about. And as we're here on the home stretch of the show, uh, let me say to you that we have the YouTube channel that's about to launch and um, go to our Facebook page and become part of nearly nearly 5 million that we have on our Facebook page, FreedomWorks. FreedomWorks, FreedomWorks Facebook page. Scroll over to uh, the videos and, um, you know, you can check out the type of work that our company is putting out to America. And there's all types of stories uh, that we do. You'll get a chance to see my Real Talk uh, presentation uh, there. I do that almost weekly. I do Real Talk weekly. And uh, become a part of the largest movement to educate, mobilize, and uh, build in the um, grassroots arena in this country, Freedom Works. Uh, we certainly want you 
to check us out at freedomworks.org, freedomworks.org, and uh, about to do and doing everything we can to uh, put together our next film. And um, I'm going to talk to you all about that uh, here real soon. And, and do a film, you got to have some money. <laughs> but the, um, uh, yeah, you got to have money to do a film. But anyway, we're, we're, we're in there. Again, there it costs quite a money, quite quite a penny to do Runaway Slave. It costs some money to do that sh- to do that movie. It's going to cost money to do this one, and so uh, that's what we're about doing. It's been a great show. I'd like to thank uh, my guest in hour one, Derek Wilburn, for sharing uh, with us the way he did, and then in the second hour, Harley, uh, uh, Cheryl, and Harley Lebon was my my special guest and uh, just great to know that in both cases America is still a place of great optimism and great opportunity for those who will take advantage of those opportunities well I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day and I want to thank him for bringing us to um, for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I am able to speak to you again, I'm CL. And my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep you all. Mm -hmm.